just before you're seated, because I'm on a clock today. I have to be on a clock today. Today, I want you to know it's the season for offense. We're going on the offensive today. Today, right now is number one of 17 services we're getting ready to have in this building this afternoon, okay? 16 more services after this where we are going to ultimately see the love of God poured out and people coming to the, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, amen? So be praying for us today. If you're not planning on stick around, then please pray for us. But if you're gonna stick around, be ready to work because it's gonna be amazing. I think 560 plus families and almost 1,500 children we're gonna be able to give gifts to today. Come on, somebody. We're going on the offensive today, amen. But today, because it is Operation Christmas, I'm excited about next Sunday. Karina, give, give me that video. You ever seen the movie Elf? I'm excited about next Sunday because next Sunday is Christmas. Come on, somebody. Amen. I'm so excited about that. And in case you didn't know, we, I don't close on Christmas. Sorry, y'all. It, it, it's Sunday and it's Jesus, the day we celebrate Jesus' birthday. I don't close on Christmas. Come and join us at three o'clock. Come in your pajamas if you want to, in your ugly sweater, but come on and let's celebrate Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, before I get to the word, Pastor Olga asked me to do a little quick sing-along. All right, so I'm going to Y'all, this is old school. Go put your hands together like this. Put your hands together like this. There you go. Just kind of old school. See if I can get these notes. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and... Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Y'all know what? Come on, how we say? Go tell it on the mountain over the hills i i'm not getting that note go tell it on them hey that jesus christ all right y'all feel good y'all feel good today y'all feel good come on i'm gonna get a little secular for just a moment watch out help me lord help me lord jingle bell jingle bell no, i'm just kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding amen 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 y'all are good y'all are good Woo. if god is good put your hands together and say amen Amen. You can be seated. You can be seated today. You can be seated. Hallelujah. I am literally on a clock today, so y'all better pray for me. All right, pray for me. If you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. I'm going to kind of just give you a, a, a quick little overview of a little bit of Luke 1 and Luke 2. In particular today, this, this series that we've been in, Tis the Season, Luke 1 verse 26 reads this way. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. So clearly she was ready to marry this guy. He was of the house of David. Now the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel Gabriel said to her, greetings or hail. If you have King James, greetings, you are highly favored. Just nudge somebody and just say, highly favored. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Why is this dude just showing up and just talking to me like this? What, what is going on? So the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor. Someone say favor. You have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. 
the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, if you heard that, how many be like, ooh, hallelujah, come on, somebody, go tell it on the mountain. Look at Mary's response. What? How can this be? King James says, since I do not even know a man. Okay, I, for those of you who are wondering what that means in, in modern vernacular, bro, I'm still a virgin. I do not know a man. Now, most of us, if we saw an angel, we'd probably be terrified at first. But if he gave us this kind of great news, we might get excited. But, but isn't it human nature to kind of act like Mary in this moment and to want to make excuses? Come on, Pastor. I can't help with Operation Christmas. I, I, got, I, got, I got football games to watch this afternoon. Come on. I, I've, got, I've, got, I've got Christmas shopping. I've still got to. It's, it's easy to make excuses. I'm, I'm too young. I'm, I'm too old. I'm, 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 I'm too busy. I'm too poor. I'm, I'm too tired. Uh, some of us have a testimony. Here's our excuse. I've got too many kids. Uh, it's easy to make excuses, and that is our nature. And, and the reason we make excuses is because we are, by nature, we are creatures of comfort. Come on. We, we like to be comfortable. Michael's not sitting there, buddy, is he just? Okay. Uh, too bad for Michael. If he was sitting next to his wife right now, I'd make, I'd make his wife, I'd ask his wife to massage his shoulders and make him comfortable because why not? Because shucks, he's not here. He, he just missed out on a blood. Here he comes. He's coming. Here he comes. He's ready for some comfort. You ready for that comfort? There you go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mama's got you. There it is. There it is. Yes. Because we love to be comfortable. We're, we're creatures of comfort. But I need you to know that is not God's nature. God's nature is disruptive. Give him a little shove, Jess. Just let him know. God's nature just says, I see you in your comfort, but I've got a higher calling. I'm calling you to. And when God calls you, he's calling you out of your comforts into something bigger, something greater. Here's what I know what the Bible tells me in Ephesians 2. It says, we are God's masterpiece. Just poke somebody and say, you're a masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do what? To do good works. You need to know this. There is a God in heaven who loves you and he does not want you settling for mediocrity. Mediocrity is not your calling. It's not your purpose. It's not your anointing. It's, you can't be mediocre because you've been called to be a masterpiece. And this is what God says about us. But Mary right here, she, Mary says, well, how can this be? How am I, how am I gonna have a child? And Mary could have made excuses. Ladies and gentlemen, she could have excused herself out of God's greater purpose for her life. How many of us here would, would say today, if, if I was her and, and looking at her circumstances, right? She's probably young, she's probably poor, She's from this nowhere town called Nazareth. We know about it because we know the Christmas story, but back in the day, Nazareth, can, it, can anything good come from, from Nazareth? We, all these things kind of surrounding her story would make her seem like God really can't use someone like this. But notice, Gabriel does not say, greetings, Mary, you're going to be highly favored. He doesn't say someday there's going to be favor on your life. He, he, he doesn't say if you'll just do these things first and grow up a little bit and, 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 and maybe get a, work a little bit harder, maybe just maybe God might give you his favor. No, he says to her, greetings, you are highly favored. Would somebody help me preach my sermon title today? Tis the season for favor. If you believe it, put a praise on that today. Amen. Amen. 
I want you to think about it like this. If this is the season, not just for presents, not just the season for offense, if this is the season for favor, then you know what that means? That means of all the people in the entire world, of all the 300 plus million people here in, in the United States, uh, of all the, the crazy however many million we have here in Illinois, uh, of, of, all, of all the people right here in this community, you are highly favored. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, theologically speaking, and I won't be long about this, but that means that you have been highly graced. Someone say grace. Grace. The Bible, the first time we see the word grace is in Genesis chapter 6. You know the story of Noah and the flood. And the Bible tells us that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The Hebrew word here is hen, which means favored. Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And what happened? He was forced to build a boat for 100 years. Come on, somebody. The, the, the favor of the, the grace of the Lord. And maybe you've heard it like this. Maybe you've heard it like this. God's grace is his unmerited favor. An unmerited favor. Un unmerited simply means that I didn't earn it and, and I don't deserve it. But I have the grace of God. And if I have the grace of God, that means I also have the favor of God on my life. If you don't believe that, then just consider what Paul said in Ephesians 2, verse 8, when he said, God's, God has saved you by his grace when you believed. So you can't take credit for this. It's unmerited. It's undeserved. It's unearned. God did this. It is a gift that came from him. It's only by God's unmerited favor that we're even here today. It's only by God's unmerited favor that there's a purpose and a calling on your life. It's only by God's unmerited favor that I have been saved from eternal damnation in a place called hell. And it's only by God's unmerited favor that I've got eternal life waiting for me when this one is done. The grace of God. So Gabriel goes on to say this to Mary. He goes on to tell her, God is with you. With you. I'm about to tell somebody's testimony right now because even though everyone else has betrayed you, God is with you. Even though everyone else has wronged you, God is with you. Even though everyone else has abandoned you, God is with you. Even when people quit on you, you've got to know this. Hebrews 13.5, God has said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. The Lord is with you. Now, what Gabe says next, forgive me for calling him Gabe, I just, you know, I just, I give everyone nicknames. Gabe, Gabriel. He's like, he's like, now listen, Mary, listen. And what he says here, it, it's religion so screws this up. But he says, Mary, you are blessed among women. Now, for centuries, religion has screwed this up because Here's what they think Gabe said. Mary, you are blessed above everyone else. That's not what he said. He said you're blessed among. Let me just help some Christians real quick. We really need to stop trying to be above each other. Come on, just somebody say, just be among us. Come on, you know you've been playing that game. Come on, just be among us. Yeah. 
Stop, stop, stop trying to be above. I know someone super spiritual right now is going to fire back at me, but pastor, I know what Deuteronomy 28 says. The Bible tells me that I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. You going to try to take me on with the Bible, baby? I got you. Deuteronomy 28 verse 13, after he says you're the head and not the tail, he tells you how you become the head and not the tail. If you will hear and carefully follow the commandments of the Lord your God, then you will be above and not beneath. But don't you dare try to put yourself above anybody else. Because here's another command from God. In Romans chapter 12, he says, for by the grace or the favor given to me, Paul says, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly. Come on, somebody. Let's just be blessed among. Let's just be blessed among. Blessed among each other. So we look at this favor of God that Mary has on her life. And I, I do believe that God's favor is superior. In fact, just tell somebody, his, his grace, his favor is superior. Just tell him, his favor is superior. Tell somebody else, his favor is unsurpassed. For those of you who are living it right now, come on, just let somebody know his grace is amazing. Come on. It's an amazing kind of grace. All right, but, but let's, be, let's be real. Let's be real. I want you to look somebody dead in their eyes, even though it's a little dark in here. You've got to squint to see it and tell them, but God's grace has some side effects. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. What do you mean, Pastor? I want you to consider what Gabriel was really saying to Mary. Congratulations, Mary. You are so special in God's eyes that you're going to get pregnant out of wedlock. You're going to cause a massive scandal in the community. People are going to start spreading rumors about you. Your future husband is going to file for divorce. The Jews are probably going to stone you because you got pregnant outside of marriage. And Herod is going to start killing a bunch of babies because of the baby God's going to put inside your womb. Congratulations, Mary. <laughs> Tell somebody again, favor has some side effects. Woo, good Lord. Who won? Who won? World Cup, do we know? Still going right now? Is it still going? Come on, I know somebody's watching right now. Don't act like you're not. Don't act like you're not, because I see you. Amen, Pastor. Ooh. It's, it's, it's tied? France came back? France came back. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Okay, how about you? All right. France came back, y'all. Oh, my Lord. Where's my son at Zion? We need to pray for Zion. He, okay, he's, he was really pulling for Messi today. Oh, Lord, he's, he needs to get filled with the Spirit of God because he's crying some tears over there, isn't you, my guy? All right, well, you know, that's actually going to help me make my point. Here's my point. Grace, ha grace favor has side effects, okay? When we consider sports, the World Cup, for instance, here's my first point today. Highly favored means that you are expected to win and win big. Highly favored, Okay? Argentina was up to nothing. I know I was, Justice and I were watching during practice. We shouldn't have been, but we were. <laughs> to nothing, they were a boy. That means that Argentina should have run away with this thing. It should be over by now. They should be celebrating the streets of Argentina an entire week of vacation because you know it's going to come if it happens. But highly favored. What happens when I'm highly favored and then I lose? 
What do we call that in the, in the world of sports? We call that an upset. Can I just tell you as believers, just real quick, just in case you don't know, for those of us who are highly favored by God, even when it looks like defeat, we already know the outcome. It looks like I'm about to be upset, but I've got the high favor of God on my life. So I can say like David said in Psalms 5, surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as a shield. All I see is enemies all around me, but what my enemy sees is God has got me surrounded with his favor like a shield. I want to declare this. If you're in the middle of a difficult season and you feel like you're losing, know this, Psalms 30 verse 5 for his anger about God only lasts a moment but his favor lasts a lifetime I dare somebody to put your hand together and let the enemy know I might look like I'm losing right now but I've read to the end of the book and the end of the book makes his declaration even when I'm losing I know I win in the end I win in the end I win I win win I win I wish we could lay hands on Argentina right now and pray that for them Zion but I know what the Bible tells me this fight is fixed in the end I win second thing I want to tell you is this got 10 minutes left oh help me Lord y'all better pray second thing I want you to know is this just like with Mary God will give you a word but it actually takes something called faith to receive it Come on, Derek. I, I give a word every single Sunday. I give the word. But the reason some of you leave the same way you came in is because it's not just the hearing. It's the faith to receive. See, faith comes by hearing. And hearing comes from the word of God. So when God tells you you are highly favored, you know what that takes? It takes faith to actually receive what God says. Now, God gives Mary this word and she struggles to receive that word because here she hears this, this, this declaration, this word from God, and she says, how can these things be? I don't even know a man. Man, isn't this our biggest problem with ever receiving a word from God? The biggest problem is, is if we don't get validation from men, we have trouble believing God. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I got nine minutes, all right. I, wanna, I, won't, I won't park, I won't park. I'll preach. I just came to tell somebody here today, you don't need man's validation if God gives you a word. Let your faith receive that word. In fact, let your response be what the angel's response was in Luke 137, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. It's impossible for men, but with God, nothing shall be impossible for no word from the Lord will ever fail. Then Mary said, because her faith woke up at that moment then she said behold the maid servant of the lord let it be unto me according to your word it takes faith to receive that and why does it take faith to receive the word god has given me because when the word shows up it never comes to tell you what you already know you know you don't get a word from god that tells you what you already know the word doesn't come and tell sick people they are sick. 
Your doctor can tell you that. The word comes to tell sick people, by his wounds, you are healed. The word doesn't come to tell poor people you are poor. Come on, your bank account tells you that. No, the word shows up to tell poor people, but my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. The word doesn't come to tell weak people that you're weak. Your personal trainer has been telling you that for a while. The word shows up to tell weak people he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. The word doesn't come to tell depressed people and oppressed people and demon-possessed people that they're oppressed, depressed, and possessed. The word shows up to remind them you triumph over Satan by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. When the word shows up, it shows up as a contradiction to how I see myself. So I will start to believe what God says about me. It never shows up to tell me what I already know. It tells me what God believes, what God sees, and what God says. Are you thankful for the word? Anybody just need a little bit of faith today, just a little bit of faith to receive what God says about you today. The last thing I want to tell you is this, seven minutes. Ooh, I'm doing good. Hello. Favor does not exempt you from rejection. Come on, some of the most amazing people in this room right now who everybody should like. Come on, they're, they're, I'm, let's be honest. Nobody should not like Beto or Vidi. Nobody. Nobody. And then Beto will tell me about somebody who sees the favor on his life and they get afraid of that favor and they're intimidated by that favor. And now they reject him because of the favor. I just want us to understand what we're asking God for. Yes, make me highly favored. Well, understand, with favor comes the, really the, the reality that I'm going to be rejected for what people see. Sometimes they're just jealous and envious. Sometimes they're just mean. Sometimes they used to have it, but they forfeited it. And, and, and what you had has now been given to those who are still doing what you used to do. Ooh, that's Bible right there, but I ain't got time to preach it. How many people in this room, let's take a quick poll. How many people in this room have ever been rejected? Let's take a quick poll. Ever been rejected? Leave it up for a moment. And I'm not trying to make you relive anything, but you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Okay, you know what this feels like. Okay, you put your hands down. I just want to make sure I'm talking to the right people, okay? You've been rejected by a father. Rejected by a mother, rejected by siblings, re re rejected by, by family, re re rejected by boyfriend, girlfriend, rejected by a lover, re re rejected by a, a spouse, re rejected by a bank, <laughs> rejected by a job, re re rejected by a college. Didn't have a grades. I thought I did, but nope. Rejected by a church. Don't leave me alone up here. I'm trying to get done. Rejected because of the color of your skin. Rejected because of your language. Rejected because of your background. Dare I say, rejected because of your faith. 
You've been, you've experienced rejection. And I want you to know this. I heard a minister say this one time. He said, how well you handle rejection determines how well you will handle success. Oh, you need an example? Okay, I'll give you an example. In all of human history, no one was more highly favored by God than his son, Jesus. Oh, but also no one was more seriously rejected and suffered more rejection by men than Jesus. He is my perfect example of how I handle rejection shows how well I'm going to handle success. When, when they mocked him and, and lied about him and beat him and, and tore him open, he could have called down angels from heaven during his rejection. But he handled that rejection so that he could handle the success of becoming king of kings and lord of lords. How you handle the rejection determines how you will handle the, the success in your life. And I, and I look at this, I'm not even talk, I, don't want, I don't want to talk about the, the end of Jesus' life because next week's Christmas. I want to talk about the beginning of his life before he was even born. Jesus was being rejected. Look at Luke 2, verse 6. While Mary and Joseph were there, the time came for her baby to be born. And she brought forth her first son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Because here it is, there was no room for them in the inn. Before he's even born, he's already being told no. You're not welcome. You're not accepted. There's no space. There's no place for you. I believe this rejection right here in the end is prophetic of the whole experience that Jesus had on earth. Jesus would literally spend a lifetime suffering rejection. John 1 tells us he came unto his own, but his own did not receive him. You read the story of the 5,000. He feeds 5,000 men, not including women and children. And what happens afterwards? They come to find him the next day for more food. And then he begins to say stuff like this in John 6. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood will have eternal life. And now they begin to look at him like, you're crazy, bro. You fed me yesterday, but I don't want to hear this stuff about following you. Feed me. Don't make me follow. And the same people that he fed the day before now reject him and walk away. A lifetime of rejection. Mark 3. He starts preaching and casting out demons and healing the sick. And guess who shows up to tell him he's crazy? Literally, Mark 3, his family shows up because they say he's lost his mind. A lifetime of rejection. And guess who should have been on his side the most? The most religious people, the priests, the teachers of the law who knew this book were waiting for a promise from God called the Messiah. When he showed up, they should have known it and seen it and believed and followed him. And guess who his biggest haters were? The pastors and bishops and church leaders were his biggest haters. Well, hallelujah. <laughs> I'm, just, I, you know, I'm just glad to know that somebody gets excited about something in this place. Come on, somebody. That was like bad timing, Zion, but I'm going to use it. Hello, somebody. I just came to tell you today, even when it looks like, oh, crap, this is the end. Everyone's going to reject me. Everyone wants nothing to do with me. I'm not good enough. There's something inside of you that says, hallelujah, God's going to change the course. He's going to make everything right. You rejected me, but it doesn't matter how you treated me. God. Let me say it like this. Let me say it like this. I mean, clearly, he wasn't listening to me preach. So let me say it like this. A lifetime of rejection means even in the end, when he's ready to lay down his life, 
God the Father rejects him. He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But here's why. So you can jump up and down like my son over there and say, hallelujah, Jesus was rejected so that I can eternally be accepted by God. Amen. Zion, you interrupt me again, I'm going to pound you, boy. Amen. Sometimes favor has some side effects. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Four, three, two, one. To know that he would hang on a cross and be rejected by his father, the one he had eternal relationship with so that you and I could be eternally accepted. You try to, God help the innkeeper that tries to tell Pastor Olga, we ain't got no room. We have stayed in hotels where Pastor Olga's like, "Uh uh-uh, you will upgrade us now. And can you imagine Mary and Joseph traveling all this way, 90 miles, probably seven day journey on foot, Nine months pregnant. And she gets there and she's like, say what? You mean to tell me there's, you don't even have a single room? But there was space in a manger. Sometimes we have to check our, our vanity. I love this word. We have to check our pomposity. That's your self-importance. Give yourself a reality check and, and, and bring it back to this. Maybe what you had in mind is not what God had in mind. I said, maybe what you had in mind is not what God had in mind. I think Mary must have felt like she was being forced to lay Jesus in a manger. But I just feel led to tell somebody this. God won't lead you any place if he didn't already prepare a place for you. Amen? Amen. So you need to know this. Jesus actually wasn't supposed to be born in an inn. He wasn't supposed to be born in a hospital. He wasn't supposed to be born in a palace He was right where he was supposed to be. He needed to be in a manger. Why a manger? Kristen told you why earlier. Yes, he is the son of the most high God, but he is also the lamb that takes away the sins of the world. You don't birth a lamb in a palace. You birth it outside in the manger. And Jesus came to let us know, I'm not just divine, I'm also human. And yes, I deserve to be born in a palace, but for your sake, I'm gonna be born in a barn so that even even though, even though you've been rejected, even though people have wronged you, even though you've been hurt, you need to know this. I will take on your sin and your shame. I will lay down my life as the lamb so that you can overcome every day of your life. We overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb. I have to be born in a manger because God will never lead me someplace He has already prepared a place for me to be there. So the next time you face rejection, just know the rejection might be a side effect of that favor that's on your life. In fact, I want to say like this. Rejection is just a sign of divine direction in your life. I'm done. Stand your feet with me. I came to tell you exactly what Gabriel told Mary and what the angels in the field told the shepherds that night. 
In spite of your circumstances and in spite of your rejection, I came to tell you, tis the season for favor. If you believe that, I want you to throw up your hands in faith and receive that today. Tis the season for favor. My flesh might not confirm it. My emotions might not validate it, but tis the season for favor. Haters might not accept it, but today I am highly favored by God. You might not stand with me. You might not support me. You might not believe in me. You might not vote for me. You might not even like me. But tis the season for God's favor. Whoever this is for, throw up your hands in faith and receive this word. As the angels declared in Luke 2, glory to God and the highest. And on earth, peace on whom God's favor rests. If this is for you, reach up to your Father. And Father, we ask today that your divine favor be upon us. You're a highly favored child of God. So that means even if it looks like you're losing, Argentina is going to score that goal and going to win it. Come on. I'm going to win it in the end. Even if it takes two plus, I'm going to win this thing in the end because I've got divine favor on my life. Divine favor tells me this is a word and I can't just hear this. I have to receive this. And the only way I can receive something I can't see is by faith. So I receive favor, divine favor. And lastly, even if you reject me, I recognize God is directing me. So I'm going to embrace this season of rejection because it means direction is happening God is sending me where he wants me to be he's got a place prepared for you already so today accept the truth you are highly favored by God if you believe it shout amen today amen and amen hallelujah all right as pastor Olga comes to close out the service here's what I want to do I want to quickly speak over those of you who are still dealing with that rejection. It's almost like, like a like post-traumatic stress. You still feel things, even now. For some of you, it's, it's been recent. For others of you, it's been like years. But you still feel the weight and the pain of that rejection. Whew. But I believe what's going to happen today, God in your spirit is going to set you afire. And even in your sorrow and pain, you're going to jump up like Zion. Woo! I feel a victory. I, 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 I'm excited. God, God is doing something different. Can I speak to that real quick? Whoever, I'm, whoever this is for, if you're still battling the, the anguish, mentally, emotionally, you keep reliving the trauma. Let me speak of you right now. Heavenly Father, this rejection has haunted some of us tormented some of us and actually controlled some of us for too long so today what we do is we release the rejection into your hands we release it you were abused you were mistreated you were forgotten you were neglected you were wronged you were harmed i get it but today is the day where god is going to free you from the control of the past because he has a place prepared for you 
It's a place called victory. It's a place called joy. It's a place called peace. It's a place called hope. It's a place called favor. 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 So child of God, walk out of that dark spot right now and come into his glorious light. Father, I thank you that favor is overwhelming our minds right now. Where rejection one time overwhelmed my thoughts, the favor of God is going to dominate my thinking moving forward. The devil knows you're favored. That's why I tried to get you when you were young. That's why I tried to destroy you and harm you. But I came to declare today what Satan meant for evil. God is going to repurpose it and mean it for good. Tis the season for favor in Jesus name amen and amen